pivotal game five. Who's ready? This guy. Leafs, this Tampa Bay square off in a critical game five, Scotiabank Arena. And we're going to be with you the next two hours to break it down. Derek Brandeo, Sammy McKee, and of course, my partner in crime, Justin Bourne. All right, guys, here we are 48 hours later. Where do we begin to think on which way this thing goes for the Toronto Maple Leafs? JB, we'll start with you. Well, I, I would begin by saying, just setting the stage a little bit for tonight, and I know that people know this, but this is just massive. Just massive for everything that Kyle Dubas has built, everything that Sheldon Keefe has tried to push towards, justifying past failures. Like, it's a three-game series here, and I don't know if they win, if they lose tonight if I think they well, have a chance. So tonight is huge. So I, I'm, I'm tending to go down that same path with you, JB, and I'll, I'll pick up on uh, Sammy's spider senses here, but... This, to me, is essentially game seven for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You they agree, can't eh? lose this one. It's just tough to see them going to Tampa Bay and winning and then coming home. Like, Tampa, two cracks to finish them off. They've been there, done that, right? For, for a team, Sammy, that doesn't lose two in a row. The Vasilevsky has not shown any cracks in two years that he can lose two in a row. So are you with me on this? A game seven for them must win for the Toronto Maple Leafs? It's hard to imagine a game five in a first-round series in the history of the sports with more stakes than this, honestly. <laughs> like I, I, I'm trying to come up with a team that's had more pressure on them in a first-round series than tonight. It's just, it's such a massive game, like you said, Borny, for everyone involved in the organization, from the top down to the players, to the goalie, to the coaches, to the GM, to the owners, to everyone, the president. I just, that's what worries me the most about tonight is the pressure and the moment, and are they ready for this moment tonight? Because I am with you guys in lockstep. If they lose tonight, it's hard to imagine a game six win with two, with, you know, it just really is. And let's not make any mistake about it. Uh, losing tonight will absolutely made, make that seed of doubt that they planted in game five. Are you tough enough to play this game? Like <laughs> turn into like a beanstalk. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because you know what the narrative would be. Deja vu all over again. Yeah. And you wonder now... How quickly uh, a loss tonight would hit a guy like Kyle Dubas, who absolutely stuck with this group the moment they lost to Montreal. There was no wavering. There wasn't a thing. It was, in my opinion, the, the worst, at least modern-day, playoff loss for the Toronto Maple Leafs and arguably their worst in their history. And yet, yep. I think it was, what, four or five weeks when Kyle Dubas went public and made these comments. For better uh, uh, or worse, I, I believe in, in this in this group and I believe that, that they are going to get it done and I believe that they're going to win. Um, and I understand that that comes with... Um, 
certain doubt because of, of the fact that we have not broken through in the playoffs. But um, it's my belief that, that they will. I believe in them as players. I believe in them as people. And uh, I know that uh, that decision lies on me and, and uh, what the risk is for me in, in, uh, in going ahead that way. So I'm comfortable with it. I, I believe that uh, we're going to see the best version of this group uh, next season that we've seen yet. And um, I'm willing to bet, uh, bet everything on that. JB, that's, that's it. That's a guy that is looking at his core players. And of course, they're not all 20 of them playing tonight, but the ones that you know that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Don't they owe this guy a win tonight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, that's, a, that's a good way to look at it, Kipper. I mean, if they love what they have going here in Toronto, they do. I mean, this guy said, I'm willing to bet everything on that. And that is the four players who make the most money for them. The four guys who sit at the core of what they're trying to build around. I mean, Matthews and Marner. I, I had a tweet thread today about... Justin Hall, but who cares? None of it matters if these two, you know, these four guys aren't the best players on the ring for Toronto tonight. Um, you know, really, I can't believe after hearing Kyle Duba say that we're back here. It's time now to pay the piper with that thing. He's bet it all, and you know, the the best players tend to find a way through. Well, here we are. Let's see if they can find a way through. That you said it right there, Borny. When he made those comments. This is legitimately the exact moment he was thinking of. You know, we've came through the whole regular season with all the 82 and whatever their record ended up being, franchise record for points, the whole thing. None of that matters. Tonight is what he was talking about. Moments like this one where you push through. So we'll see. You know, the, the one thing, Sammy, and I, I, I agree that the narrative should be the same now. Now you're getting to the short ones, right? Five, game six, game seven. Let's see what you're made of. I just wish the narrative on this could have remained the same, but coming off a much better effort than what we saw in game five, which in many ways a lot of Leaf fans found downright humiliating. That from the puck drop to the final goal, that 7-3 loss. I wish it didn't come off of that and we could still be saying the same things, that there is a, a belief out of Kyle Dubas to double down, at times triple down in you. But the issues I have tonight going into this game is that we're still watching it, and instead of just focusing on maybe tweaking or a tactical situation, we're actually now watching this game and going, the Leafs got to do a lot of soul searching coming into this game. Do they not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Off that, off that game five? Or is it just as equally a loss than a 2-1? Am I making more out of it? Or are some people going, this is where we've arrived again, that there needs to be some soul searching off that game five? I'm thinking both ways because I'm not, I'm kind of stuck in the middle on this because that was that shook me to the, my core and my belief in this team because I was riding high after the game three win, but at the same time the lack of game to game momentum in this series has been alarming. I think we'll get a John Cooper clip about it uh, later on, but it's just 
every game has been, you know, five nothing, three nothing at one point for the Leafs, five two, five one. Like, I really feel like the game to game momentum in this series has not been a factor. So if I'm saying about hope coming off of that very embarrassing, disheartening game on Sunday night, my hope would be that that sort of trend continues and the Leafs come home with a regroup mentality in front of a really, really raucous crowd. But I'm, I have to be honest, Kipper, what you're saying is definitely there in the back of my mind. I cannot deny it, the fact that it, there's a seed of doubt that's been planted after that performance. JB, is there, is, there's no issue until there's an issue. Like, mm-hmm. if we see them off to a good start, then to Sammy's point, then uh, the momentum shift has been off the charts and there's no reason yeah. to worry about losing 7-3. They go down 2 or 3 nothing in this game. Then do you ask the soul searching question again? Yeah, I mean at that point you're you got to throw throw everything out the window and just start scrambling things up, but you know, I still feel like we are on the cusp of defining moments for Toronto Maple Leafs players in their career here, like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner who we've talked about ad nauseum for obvious reasons have defining moments still to come in them in the playoffs. I can't help but feel like John Tavares does too. I don't hate that he ended last game making a nice little play and connecting with Willie and maybe maybe get things going in the right direction. But what will become the defining moment for these guys is if nothing happens because that will come to define them. The way that they just were eliminated by Montreal without pushback, without noise, without a, a whimper. You know, I I think we're going to either see something for them or that will be what defines them, that in the end there wasn't the massive push. All right, let's go right into a Matthews and Marner uh, uh, clip off of uh, Sheldon Keefe here, and we'll pick it up. Yeah, it changes changes a lot. I mean, last change helps, and that's a big factor. But I I think in terms of where they're at, I mean, they, you know, at five on five, it was tough for them on the road. but it was also tough for our whole team. Like it's part of that is the matchup. So part of it is the fact that like we're just chasing the game a lot. You know, even when we're up three nothing, I mean, then, then you're defending and they're pushing. You know, in game three, but in game four, we didn't have the puck a whole lot <clears throat> on offense, shift over shift. And when you're coming onto the ice and, and momentum is going the other team's way, regardless what the matchups are, it's tough sledding. So. Um, those guys have continued to play hard, and with with all that said, they you know third period of game three, Matthews had some of his best chances of the series. Well, it's really tough, especially for one of your best offensive players in Mitch Marner, to be thinking about offense when he's killing penalties the whole game here. Like to me, it's it's killed him. It's killed Matthews because he can't feel like he's on a rhythm. Tavares doesn't kill penalties. Like, if they can avoid that penalty box tonight, they give themselves a chance. Borny, I think Borny's muted. Uh, sorry, it's, I was going to say, it's really – it's funny, Kip, because we talked all year long about how – you know, this team doesn't draw penalties, they don't take penalties, you know, and, and they're so good on special teams that you would think that high penalty games help them. But it's not the case. You're so right that it takes them out of the rhythm because some of their best players, actually three of them, none of 
uh, Tavares, Nylander, or Matthews kill. So being shorthanded kills them. Power plays, of course, help, but you don't get a whole lot unless you're taking penalties. So five-on-five play would be the best thing to happen for them tonight. Getting some matchups where they're away from Victor Hedman wouldn't hurt. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they can find a way to get into a rhythm a lot earlier in this game. How did you find Matthews overall last game? And I know it was dreadful for everybody, but for me, I, I just, even towards the latter part, where I believe it at times it's okay to be a sore loser, I'm just, for me, it was one of the few times I've seen all season where he just didn't seem 100% emotionally and physically engaged. Did you find that, that that was a, an off night for him in that capacity? Or was yeah. that just me? No, no, no. I, I found it, but I kind of found that all the way around. Like, you know, we talked about Engvall at the end of the game, and you're the only person Morgan Riley gave that little pushback to Braden Point after their one uh, thing. But, like, you know, for Tampa, it felt like, let the Leafs sleepwalk through the end of the game, and the, the Leafs chose to sleepwalk through the end of the game. So, you know, one of those ones where you just hope that you can throw it away and that it didn't matter and wasn't reflective of something more. What's interesting is that seems to be what Sheldon Keefe thought about it. You know, he there's no changes. They're not putting in Clifford, no Simmons. They're not putting in Lilligren. They're just going right back with the same group because they don't believe it's going to happen again. All right, let's uh, let's pick up off of that uh, with a Kipper's Clipper of Sheldon Keefe on on not changing, as JB said, the lineup. You know, we went through a lot of different scenarios and looked at different things, and ultimately just focused on last game and watched it back a ton and and looked at a lot of different things and, and ultimately just decided that the, the same group uh, with somewhat of a different look on forward is is a good way for us to go. Okay, for all of you out there listening, uh, raise your hand if you've got a surprise face on. Um, my hand's up. Yeah, I'm surprised. 100%. Not one change? Nothing. Absolutely god-awful, and you can't make one lineup change? This Someone explain the... that to me. Well, this will be the defining thing of, of this era for Dubas and Keith if they don't win, is their belief in their guys and their belief in sticking with it and that it will eventually pay off without making desperation moves, right or wrong. Okay, what what comes after quadrupling um, down? Yeah, I guess quintupling. Uh, I believe there's some <laughs> sextupling at some point. Sounds fun. How, like how many times? <laughs> Guys, you know, and this is also coming off of the Steve Simmons question the other day in, in the media was the the way he phrased that Justin Hall's your worst defenseman. Why would you start him? Like, it's I, it's almost as if for me that it's an F you to everybody out there who's telling us who we can play, who we can't, and it's it's got the feel to me like they're, they're not changing it in spite of, of what the feeling is because – we have doubled down and we'll triple down and we're, 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 we're just doing what we want to do. We're not listening to, to anybody out there. Yeah. I mean, they're not listening that, to anyone out that's, there, that's, but that, I, that, that's the way it feels almost. It feels, but I don't agree that that 
that is a fundamental driver of why Justin Hall's in the lineup. These guys know their jobs are on the line, their reputation, their careers. They're going to dress what they believe is their best lineup. Uh, forget what Steve Simmons or whoever want to say. You know, whoever, the, I don't even know if it was Steve, but whoever said it, I don't think they care. I, I put some clips on Twitter before our show, Justin Hall's shifts. I watched back his last game. It was fine. He's fine. You know, like, he, he broke the you puck okay out with the, well. okay with the start of the game? You okay with no, that start? I'm not. He had two bad shifts. Not just one. He had two bad shifts. He played 17 you and know, a half minutes. JB, in my day, one bad shift doesn't get you another shift. Well, that doesn't mean it was right just because they did it. Plenty of guys might have had great games in their pocket, you know, and then sat on the bench the whole game because of an overreaction. You know, I, I think they, they let him play out the game. He drove play pretty well. He broke the puck out well. He was a good player for him in game four. They didn't have many. They they won't bail on anybody. They won't bench anybody. Uh, Willie Nylander pushing snow out there gets yeah. you another shift. And another game. Over and over, yeah. I, I don't argue with that in the big picture, Kipper. I don't. I have no argument that there's times this year where it would have been great to say, can, can somebody see that. get benched, please? It'll make me feel better about my career. <laughs> and mine. I get you. Listen, I get it. I get it. I just, I don't know. I don't, at this point in the season, like you just want to have the guest, best players on the ice. I don't know. The, there's a there's a conversation. Well, we have one more thing on Justin Hall. Do you want to hear Mitch Marner's take on him? Well, let's just uh, do. We have we we've got Sheldon Keefe on. Oh keeping, oh, we have Keefe. We have Keefe on keeping Justin Hall in the lineup. Let's start right. there. Okay. We set our six to start games one and two. You know, we gave Lilligren and uh, the edge on that mainly because of his chemistry he had with Giordano. And the fact that we put Muzzin with Brody and we're comfortable with that, and Riley and Bush are playing together, and we like what Bush has brought. So that's, that was the six that we went with. And then the, the Geo-Lilligan pairing didn't go uh, very well in games one and two, uh, not nearly close to where it had been in the regular season. So that, combined with how many power plays there had been, it was just, for me, an obvious change for us to put Hall in. And uh, he's stabilized our penalty kill. Now there's a lot of other things, but he's, he's done a good job there. Um, as our whole team has. And then, same thing, like I say, I watched the game back the other night, and uh, to me, the Jordano Hall pairing was as good a pairing we had, and, and I've watched the game back three times now, and Halsey's a driver of that a lot. So, you know, to me, he's coming off his best game, certainly of the two that he played, and for all those reasons, you just, you just keep going with it. Okay, I love he just his best us. of the two. He, 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 just, he just told us right now, Justin's Hall starting. <laughs> yeah. You know what? He's starting. We, yeah, yeah. With that buildup, it is a, that's a double F you to Steve Simmons right there. Not only is he playing, I'm starting him. And we're going to think of Steve Simmons on the first shift. I am curious to see how it goes tonight. So that's something we haven't really discussed so far is the, the Matthews line has gone third every game so far, have they not? For the for the Leafs, and it wasn't an issue in Game Three, right? It was it was smart, great tactic. Get them away from the matchup, right? Exactly, 
And then yeah. it's like, oh, no, you can't do that off the loss, right? You can't yeah. leave your, your your star player sitting there for the first three and a half, four minutes of the game. Yeah. No, it's a lot of hindsight bias that goes into that. But I actually think it's a little bit like baseball, where for a while you'd have, like, your big hitter. You'd put him in the four or sometimes the five hole. And it's like, hey, maybe we could get our big hitter uh, up to bat a little more often. It would be good. Uh, that, that's it with Matthews for me, particularly on the road. Like, just get him out there, and we'll we'll figure it out, figure out the matchups after that. But let's get started with the Matthews line. It's like Nagano at the penalty shots. Canada, like if like please lose with Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, Do not that, you lose know. without him. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I totally agree with that. Like, hey, we may go down, but let's at least go down with our horses. No, no, let's go down. Me covering my ass. <laughs> yeah, good point too. Good point too. At least you can point it and say, hey, "I put those guys on the ice. I'm not an idiot." But I, when it comes to they're starting camp, and camp's been really good. It's not like they're starting their bum fourth line or somebody bad. Like, camp's line has been maybe their best line in the series. Like, but you don't believe really it's your best line. line. You know what? If if camp's your best line in the series, you're in big trouble. Oh, and they and might be. It, 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 it could happen for a game or two, which would be fantastic. But if you need to now rely on yep. it to win the series, you're screwed. Yeah, get if you're thinking, let's get our best line going. out there. Yeah, I right? agree. Yeah. Okay, we got a clip of, of Marner, and, you know, this just goes to show you again that you, you don't bail on your guys. Even if he did have a tough night or the media thinks that he had a tough night, you don't bail on your guy. Let's listen to Mitch Marner. Unbelievable. He's been a great, uh, a great player for us all year. Doesn't get the love he deserves. Um been saying it for a long time. I think he's a great defenseman, does a lot of great things for us. He's huge on the penalty kill when he gets out there. He's not afraid to step up and eat a block from a big, big name guy. So um, he made a lot of great plays last game, and uh, you know, he's done great for us when he's in this lineup. I, I like it. No matter what, yeah. don't bail bites. on your guys. Yeah, there's the the pick of them going on the PJ to the Bahamas or whatever at the All Star break. Their boys. Um, All right. Uh, John Tavares, we got to talk about it. And mm-hmm. I think, Sammy, it was you or Justin that you, you at least they got involved a little bit, something yeah. to build on. Uh, but you're you're waiting for a breakout game here. And I, I don't know what that means anymore for John Tavares. I agree. It, it, does it just simply mean that you look at the game sheet and it says one and two or two and one? Is that is that all it's going to take? It's a great question. You know, can he be something other than that? Do you want him to be something other than that? I, I think I think it is that, Kipper. Uh, I think it's as simple as you are here to provide offense. Did you provide offense? I don't believe this stuff about, ah, we want him to be a defensive first forward, you know, trying to cover cover his butt a little bit when he doesn't get points to me. I think he needs to get some points. But I think the difference between John Tavares having a bad night and John Tavares having a really good night is him just scoring one big goal at one big point in this series because I don't I think we know what it's going to look like with John Tavares against the Tampa Bay Lightning he looks a little bit slow he, the pace isn't there necessarily but he still has that ability to find a puck in front of the net shuffle it home find one on a pass or off a one-timer there is that still that ability to have a big moment but outside of that, like he's really having a tough time having an impact on the game. No, I'd like him against Washington. 
I want to hear from Not Sheldon <laughs> Keefe. Let's let's hear from Sheldon Keefe on, on John Tavares and, and where that fine line is, again, between uh, protecting a guy or, or maybe trying to nudge him a little bit or sometimes giving somebody a kick in the ass. See where this falls on, on his description of John Tavares. Listen, you get a lot of attention on, on guys. The reality is we've played four hockey games. You know, it's not uncommon for, you know, and as much as you want to let's play us and you want everybody to be rolling, you want everybody to have over a point in a game, like that's it's not really the reality of how the league works. Um, obviously, Matthews and Marner have, have done very well and they've produced at a, good, at a good clip. To me, John's worked extremely hard. He's done good things. He made an elite, elite, elite play. To admit there to to uh, Willie on the on the goal they scored in the third period the other night, uh, he's doing a lot of little things that we're asking him to do, and I think as the series goes on, he's going to have lots of opportunity to make a difference. And, and each night it's somebody different. You know, in Game Three it's Camp and it's Blackwell and it's Labushkin. These guys are making plays. John's time is going to come, and and uh, that's good news for us. The fact that we're here and we're in this series and we're competing at a high level against a very good team. And both he and William have more to give. It's 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 a good thing for us. That is clearly no pressure on your captain. That is helping him out. Yeah. That at least at least not putting any pressure on him whatsoever. And but is it too I think much? This is all the. Yeah, this is the like, defining Sheldon Keefe stuff, right? You know, the reality is, in my world, is that you do push your best players and the ones that are paid to produce right to the end. You squeeze everything you can, and sometimes it does mean a kick in the ass, and sometimes it means a pat on the back. But Mm -hmm. something's got to get going for, for 91 with Sheldon Keefe coming out and saying, yeah, this is a big game for us tonight, and we need a contribution from our captain." Like, is that that just totally bury him? Like, I feel like you could light a fire, get him going. Like, just constantly saying, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. It's not fine. He's the second highest paid player in this team. He needs to contribute in a massive playoff series. Maybe he will tonight, and I'm hoping he does. He has the ability, but I don't understand why it wouldn't be the end of the world to just maybe give him a nudge. He doesn't always have to just say you're fine. No, you're right. You're right. And I wonder if the perception is that it's not an effort thing and that you're not going to motivate him more in any meaningful way. This is a guy who is a self-motivated yeah, guy. You, you know, I, I don't know if there's, you know, with him, what's really depressing there, Sammy, to me is he's like, you know, his breakout like Camp and Blackwell and Labushkin is coming. And it's like, oh, God, you know, if you're, <laughs> you're hoping to get from Tavares what you've got from those guys, where are we at in the series? I don't know. The worst part might have been, ah, it's been four games. They've only played four games. It's like, well, four pretty big ones. So I I get the frustration. In about uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, we're going to have Craig Simpson join us. And uh, this is a great show because we've got two of the best broadcasters uh, around uh, north of the border and south of the border because Eddie Olchuk's going to also join us in the second hour as well. Former NHLers, uh, Stanley Cup champions, two-time for Craig Simpson with the Edmonton Oilers, Ed, Edzo, of course, with me uh, in 1994. Uh, Edzo had some choice words. Uh, we'll get to that a little later on in the show, but it was over Willie Nylander and his push to go get a puck in a corner. And listen, 
we know where his strengths are. It's not to go and, and run people over in a corner. But no, you're going to have to see some of that in game five here. The, the best thing that could come from this is there is no doubt that William Nylander responds to getting a little bit of a slap on the wrist, right? A you know, throughout his season. I, I'm so glad you say it because I always am not sure <laughs> about saying it, but yes. He gets his pee-pee whacked, and then he comes out, and he gives us his best effort. When he's you gone, know, he's he, gone, right? <laughs> he was publicly... I mean, hung in the in the court of public opinion over that one play. Maybe that's enough to to give Willie the you know Tavares is not an effort thing. Sometimes with Willie, you're, you're less sure. Like I said he yesterday. Is, oh, yeah. I was just gonna say. I mean, outside of Austin, he has to be a secondary threat. And I'm watching boys, uh, you know. And I've always, I've always said, you know, when it when it comes to Nylander, I expect. Um, Pasternak kind of not necessarily results. I, Pasternak's a, a better player. He's a better player because he's mm. stronger, he's physical, he's engaged. You want to go win a puck at a corner? You put Pasternak in there as well. This guy does it all for the Boston Bruins. But as far as the skill and just the overall ability to maybe shoot a puck from 40 feet out this guy should be every bit as, as as pasta is in Boston, but just even yeah. be a poor man pasta would go such a long way tonight. I think, like Bernie yeah. said, if the Barstool Sports official uh, account with over, four, I think, close to 4 million followers who really just tweets about everything in the world in terms of pop culture and music and movies and sports or whatever, if them sending a, twi- a tweet that got over 4,000 likes about you not finishing a check in the corner, if that doesn't motivate you, then legitimately nothing in the world will motivate you. Like, it's just... He has been taking one of the worst beatings. Like, every Leaf fan I know has been getting after me about it. He... Tonight's the night. He needs to have a big one tonight. And having two goals in the third, maybe that makes a difference for him. On 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 uh, was that Sunday night? He scored twice in the third. Maybe that wakes him up a bit. But boy, he needs a big one tonight. Okay, from third line to fourth line, big advantage here in in a short series. Best of three now for Tampa Bay. Uh, we saw no changes to the lineup, of course, which means same fourth line. Mm big advantage or it all depends on what your top nine forwards do for the least before we we put it to what what you get out of six or seven minutes on the fourth line we'll start with you jb you know i have i i said i don't think i said it on our show but I, I said to some people that the leafs lineup last game was my favorite leafs lineup of the season uh obviously they got owned that did not go very well i still really like this fourth line. You're looking at Spezza, Blackwell, Kasha as a fourth line. Like, that to me is a line that can move the puck, can make plays. Kasha and Blackwell, those guys go in, get after it, get hit, get to the dirty areas, play with energy. I like all that. I like Spezza's sort of uh, unique abilities in terms of face-offs and PP flank. Like, I, I like... I really like the utility that they have with this fourth line. So, yeah, they don't have the, the muckers. I get it. And I and I don't know if that's the best thing over seven games, but I like this fourth line. 
Well, I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion Sheldon uh, Keith feels the same way. Let's let's have a listen. Well, Bunting's come back, and, and Cash has and, and Cash has uh, come in and remained in our lineup. So that that's changed the way things have gone for our fourth line, you know, f- down the stretch. So there's so there's that piece, and so um, you know, we have. We have Blackwell. It's been somewhat of a mainstay for us. Cash is there, so it really comes down to a decision between one of Spez and, and uh, Simmons and, and Cliff. So, um, now at, at this point, I really liked what Spez gave us in Game Three, and um, you know, Game Four. Obviously, not many guys had great great nights, but we're expecting a bounce back here today. And you know, with the look that we have and you know, some potential adjustments we could make during the game and stuff, too. I just like the ability to have Spez in. I don't know what they end up with. Five, seven, eight, ten minutes. But this is a huge call right here. They're going to have to mm-hmm. find a way to make five or six minutes look like 12 or 14. Because, mm-hmm. once again, if, if you want to talk about, off the top of our show, Kyle Dubas doubling down on this roster and believing in this roster. Is there anything more that he can show and him and Sheldon now more than, than keeping the same lineup off a stinker. And Mm -hmm. this is another chance for that fourth line to what's the look, what's that, what's the identity tonight? Is it uh, a big goal? Is it energy? Is it uh, a hard four check? What is it tonight? You know, I, I think it's energy first and foremost and playing to the right end of the rink. I think that's the idea, right? They don't want to be hemmed in, standing around, just waiting to touch the puck again. And I think you have a lot of guys who can make the little plays to get it going the right way and the guys who can work. So I think it's energy. But then I think all these guys have scored, right? Kasha scored 20 in the league. We know what Spets has done. You know, borderline Hall of Fame numbers. And Blackwell scored at a 20-goal pace too. So they, they have a chance to impact the game on the offensive side of things. I don't know if they will. I don't know if it's the right call, but I at least get the idea. What? So you, we talk about last change with the first line and what it can do for Matthews and potentially freeing it up. What does it? What changes does it make for the fourth line in this situation, boys? If any, like, what, where do you land on that? You know what's hard? Uh, is, not... Go ahead. You Gary. know, like, like in terms of their utility, Sam. Like, you know, how you're going to use them and deploy them. Is that what you mean? Yeah. You know, I, I think the third line has kind of become like the defensive shutdown guys that get D-zone starts. This, to me, is a start them on the fly, uh, you know, five-on-five five type of group. I, I don't I don't even know, man. I, I, you're not going to try to match them up against anyone, I don't think. I, I just think that, uh, uh, for me, like if, if you're Sheldon and you see Willie start pushing snow early, then just push him back and bring Blackwell up. And yeah, I, I think he wants there that too. flexibility. And yeah. of course, on the second power play, that's where uh, that, that's where Spezza can come back in. That you didn't necessarily have those options with Simmons and, and Clifford. So, I, I think that's the look that he wants right now. It's and not you know necessarily a fourth line. It's utility players to bump up if I need them. It's like guys to have in the inventory to deploy. You know, when things go wrong with the guys, you're going to play the hell out of. Which I expect to see bigger minutes. And on that topic of playing the heck out of guys and bigger minutes from your top guys, this, you know, I was talking to my friend uh, Ian Cass about this. Uh, you know, some some good points of just let's not get PP one off the ice. 
You know, like, I got to believe that if we're trying to get Matthews in the flow, you're trying to get Nylander in the flow, Tavares in the flow, I don't need to see 52 seconds and then see the Spezza group on the ice. I'd like to see them leave power play one on the ice as much as possible. I agree with that, but I do like when they bring Spezza in for the second half of the power play and keep Matthews and Marner out there. I like Spezza with those guys. I think he has the ability from that right flank at the top of there to be able to make a good decision, either slap, pass, pass, or a slapper. I like him on that second unit. JB, I don't think it's written in stone that these guys just get the full two minutes because it's their birthright, okay? You see how the 45 seconds going, 50 seconds, Mm -hmm. if, if it's lousy... And there doesn't seem to be a good flow, and then get off the ice and let yeah. some other guys try. I'm, I'm, the last thing no you want, point. the last thing you want to see Stagnant. is a is is a lack of success, and then having the attitude that doesn't I'm matter. gonna I'm gonna suck all the oxygen off of it anyways. If if yeah. it's going well and you're pushing and you feel you're close, that's what the star players do. They'll dictate whether or not they want to go one more uh, time down the ice. And if 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 they if if they're feeling it, then yes. But if they're not, that's where you cannot kill the rest of your bench. Mm-hmm. No, all that's right. A let's, great, great point. Let Let's go to uh, before we 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 go to break here. We got to bring in some John Cooper clips uh, because uh, I, we we're all in agreement. We like listening best. to this guy, right? <laughs> and, oh yeah. You know, at times you're you're like, oh that cocky sob. Oh yeah. It's like uh, who do you think on. you are? And, I don't know. It seems like he's two for two right now on on a few comments throughout Quit the series. Quit saying correct things. <laughs> so let's see let's see what he's got for us uh, today on uh, some Kipper Clippers. Let's start with uh, John Cooper on momentum. It probably very much just answering the last question. It, it's Game Five of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, if you're not motivated and coming out with urgency, then it's going to be tough for you to to win. Um, I know the momentum has, I guess, been a little bit of a pendulum in this series, but uh, I don't, I don't know. It's just been a weird series. It just feels like a team's been out of it after the first and everybody can go home. You know, it's like playing out the last two periods. So uh, I don't expect that's going to happen moving forward here. Um, But I, I can't speak for Toronto, but... I'll be shocked if we don't come out. Uh, we don't come out playing hard. Let me tell you something uh, from from me, anyways, about mm-hmm. momentum. And when you got that extra day off, you know, once upon a time, we had to play two games in a row, travel two games in a <gasps> row. Now you got every other day off. Yeah. And when you're when you're coming off uh, that win that the Leafs had at two one. You are feeling great. You're feeling great traveling. You're feeling great getting into your hotel room. You feel great going out for dinner. Your chest is up a little bit. You know, your head's up. You're making eye contact with people in, in, <laughs> in the city of Tampa Bay. And you're like, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're feeling good about ourselves. And then the next game, the puck drops. You lose the face off. And there's Ross Colton going in there about a thousand miles an hour, and poof, it's gone. That's mm-hmm. how quickly it can shift. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. That first ten seconds, that that 
putt lost off the faceoff, that puck in deep, and that Ross Colton going in there, 100% led to that first goal by uh, Stamkos. And that's that's momentum from shift to shift right there in a nutshell. Now, could that, that could come back for the Leafs. That first 10 seconds, guys, they can get it back. But it's just a matter of who gets the crack first and who executes first. Yep. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I want to hear Cooper on the swings in the series, but I know we got to get going for Simmer. Do you want to save that for the back end of the show? Yeah, let's save it. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. Craig Simpson, as we said, two-time Stanley Cup champion. He's had uh, some momentum shifts uh, in his days. We'll get him to talk about uh, what we can expect in those first 30 seconds tonight at Scotiabank Arena. I'm Nick Kiprios, he's Sammy McKee, and Justin Bourne, back after the break. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. momentum from game to game during the Stanley Cup playoffs is of course Craig Simpson who gets to have all the fun on Hockey Night in Canada and and break all of this down and I don't know I'm hoping it makes a lot more sense to you Simmer than it does us (laughs) well it's it's certainly been one of those series it's been hard to judge what you're going to see you know from one game to the next Uh, I don't remember doing one that had you know, four games in a row where the lead has never changed. I mean, it is a rarity and an oddity. And so if you're looking to rebound and you look at a series that the first goal wins in all four of the first uh, four games, I think you have to be of the mindset that uh, it's got to be your best start. It's got to be a real push to try to come out and establish your five on five game and get the first goal and, and don't look back from there. Uh, Easier said than done, but that's exactly what Tampa did when they needed to at home. And so it's a game where if you're Toronto, you got to answer in that in that fashion as well. Does does the lack of consist, consistency help uh, blow off that 7-3 loss? I, I think whenever you get a game that you're out of it, it's a... Uh, you know, it's a lot easier to just sort of erase the memory banks. You, you know that you weren't really in it. You know that you didn't have one of your best games and you still lost. I think that's the way you have to mentally compartmentalize it anyways. And I think teams often are able to shake off a, a poor performance. You look at you look at the LA Kings with Edmonton the last game. You get blown out, you know, eight to two and you come back with a with a stingy game and you win on home ice. So I, I think that's got to be the mindset. You can't look back. You just learn from it. And uh, tonight is all that really matters. And this is a game where, quite frankly, you know, as a player, you've got to come up and find a way to have your best game when you need it the most. Craig, Austin Matthews has been finding a way to get points. Same with Mitch Marner. But when the two of them are on the ice at five on five uh, in Tampa Bay, the play was all going the wrong way against them. What, what have you made of, of these guys' play so far? And is it an indicator of what to expect in the future or just a couple of bad hockey games? Well, I, I think it's been a part of the lack of five on five flow, uh, lack of puck possession game, which is 
you know, where Toronto, when they're playing their best, that's what they do very well. Uh, I think that you knew coming in the matchup of the lines, you got quickness, great sticks. You know, if you're playing against Sorelli and uh, Kalorn and Point, they, they all close gaps really quickly. They've got great speed. So you, you find that they don't have the open ice that maybe against a normal matchup in a normal game or three games in four nights, you, you know it's not nearly as dialed in as the checking that they're getting now. And I think that's where you hope that you can get some momentum in a game where so often the top line scores. Oh, look at even game four. You know, the Stamkos line gets the first goal a minute in, but it's the Colton line that starts it off and gets all the pressure and creates the turnover Stamkos comes over, Kucherov comes over, and they follow it up with a goal. We haven't really seen that from Toronto at this point uh, very often from a five-on-five standpoint, and that's where you get maybe a little bit more open ice if you've got the two lines before you uh, coming in and putting pressure and maybe getting an extended shift for half the line or one D-man changes, and then the Matthews line jumps out against a bit of a mismatch that's where a lot of times during the regular season you can take advantage of it. I, I just haven't seen a lot of that happening in this one, and, and that's something that it's relied upon all your lines to start to get some offensive zone pressure and time so that you can open up those chances when they do come out and in maybe a little bit of a mismatch. So usually this time of year, Simmer, the unwritten rule is you don't change a winning lineup. Uh, but apparently that's the case when you get blown out 7-3 as well. Are, are you okay with that, or are we flirting on, you know, that definition of insanity um, and no, expecting different I'm a, results? I'm, a, I'm okay with it. I, I think uh, I think the only one that might have been a question was, okay, maybe it's a game that Lilgren on home ice would have come in to maybe jump in a little bit more offensively, create a little bit more offensively. I mean, I know Justin Hall had a career year with three goals and 20 points or so, but it's it's not an offensive-minded uh, player necessarily. So I, I thought that might have been one to, to change. But up front, quite frankly, I, I don't necessarily think they're uh, – like, to me, Simmons can't play in this kind of series. I'm not – sure how much Clifford would actually bring in a game like this and uh, you know I think you do shake off a game that was not a great one for you but it's coming off a lineup that won a tough one in Tampa Bay two nights earlier so you know I, I think you, you do run the risk of overthinking and overchanging and uh, I think you challenge this group to say we're back on home ice I'll give you last change to try to help out the line matchups a little bit, but it's up to you guys to show that, you know, are you going to be the team that won game three in a, in a hostile environment and go out and, and, and try to make that happen. Simmer, John Cooper had a quote after last game. We're going to get to a little later in the show. Uh, he says he has learned in these situations to take a breath rather than hold his breath. Uh, that does not seem like a luxury that the Maple Leafs have or have the ability to do. How much do you think the pressure of the market and their past uh, affects them going into a big moment like tonight? Well, I, I don't think it should at all in the sense of, you know, as a player at this point, forget about listening, no offense to your show or reading the papers or heaven forbid ever going on Twitter. You know, mm-hmm. you're looking at the growth of your group and say, 
you know, okay, we, we missed an opportunity after shutting them out in game one. We had a bad game two. You know, guys, this is a game in, in Tampa. We got to come out. And they did. And I, I thought even surviving a third period on the road against uh, a team like that when you knew they were going to blitz and come, there's your taking a breath as a player as opposed to holding it. You, you've got to execute under pressure. You've got to feel good about your game under pressure. You've got to be able to calm yourself down to not panic when everything around you is in chaos. And so I I just think that it, you, you can't apologize for the past or live somebody else's past. You know, there's a lot of guys who weren't there for any of the other stuff. So I, I think the messaging from a player perspective uh, has to just be about about the now and about us and about guys. This is our turn to respond. That's what playoffs are. I mean, look around the league. Is teams have chances to go up three to one, and you got a bunch of two-two series. That, that's playoff hockey, and that's where you can't start looking ahead and thinking you got a series done until the buzzer goes on that fourth win and you've actually brought it home. So, same way of thinking when you lose a game, you know, you got to get back at it. And I, I just think that. Players, uh, especially a group like this that for the core of them have been together six years now, you're waiting for this moment to prove yourself. And so if you're not excited and you're not feeling confident, then you know the end result. You're you're not going to have the success. So I, I just think that too much is made about the the past and that. I, I know it's a hurdle that from an organizational standpoint you got to get through. But if I'm one of the 20 guys who are going to be in a Leafs uniform tonight, it's all about it's all about you, and it's all about now and protecting your teammate and coming out and saying, "What an opportunity! You got an opportunity to you know get your third win out of four to get to the next round, and just focus on what you got to do tonight to do it." But Simmer, as we know, the the pressure is not all equal when it goes uh, around uh, a dressing room and you played with some of the best in history and there's no question with the the Mark Messier's or you know the Paul yeah. Coffees this time of year uh they they feel it so with a with a Matthews and a Marner now would their past experiences be helping them out this afternoon to prepare for tonight's game or would or could it actually put even more weight on their shoulders? I, I don't think you ever consciously think about pressure. I mean, pressure is, a, is an external force. Uh, I think you look at uh, the gravity of the game and understanding the importance and understanding to the success of your team. So you've got to embrace that saying, I've got to have my best game tonight. Like if, if I'm coming into a game tonight, it was like uh, probably like 1990 in Chicago. We're down game two games to one and we're in the old Chicago stadium. And we knew if we're going to get going and get to the final, we got to win this game. And a guy like Mark didn't have to feel more pressure. It was understanding this is a night where I got to be the best player on the ice. And I've got to prove to my team that we are in a, in a position to win this thing. So it's how you embrace that moment and understand the importance and gravity of it. And the great players can have their best games under that quote unquote pressure, but under the gravity of the situation. And that's where you can say in the past, those guys have failed in those big games, the games where you could, 
you know, game seven, eliminate. You play your best game in a game seven, you're probably going to win for your team. And they haven't been able to come through. So your mind can't be thinking the negative things that have happened in the past. Your mind has to be digging up all the things that make you a great player, all the things that you do well individually, all the things that that line collectively had done well and raise it to level. Like that game, even I was talking in Chicago, Mark was the catalyst. And right from the beginning, it was business. It was serious. It was intense. But it was always about positive. And our line came out and uh, probably played our best game of the playoffs. And you get the lead from your lead guys and your best player, but everybody else gets confidence, gets energy, and gets emotions because of that. And that's what leads everybody to play a little bit better than they have at any point in this series. So if if you're being honest in the Leafs' room as a player, they got to know that tonight's game has to be their best game of the series. And you're kidding yourself if it's not. So, Nick, if that poses pressure to you, then, yeah, maybe you do wilt. Otherwise, if it just presses focus for you and just opportunity that you have if you can raise your level, that's what's so powerful. And you've seen it with the Rangers going and winning. I've lived it twice with teams that it just starts to become infectious in your room. And it's not just the top guy. It's everybody on the ice. And that's where you hope they can aspire to. Well, I love that. And so in the interest of putting those those top guys in the position to see succeed to sort of lead that, you know, do you think it's more important for Sheldon Keefe to try to get Matthews and Marner away from Point and Sorelli or more important to get them away from Hedman and Chernak, who've also been, I mean, fantastic on the other side of the ice? Well, I, I would say it's important early on to get them into the game. And I, I agreed sure. with Kelly and uh, Kevin in the studio. I go, tonight, I better see 34 starting the game. I don't give a crap who John Cooper plays. And honestly, to start, I go, I don't care about the matchup there. Where you can get the matchup is when you get a whistle or an icing. You got an icing opportunity, boom, your top guy's got to go on. And maybe it's even a made-up line of three of your top guys. But the messaging for me I would want as a player, and I know mess and that Gretz is the same thing, you go, I don't, I don't care who they're starting. I want to start this game. This is the biggest game of the year for us. So I want to be the guy out there starting. I might go one, two, one, three, four, you know, even to give them two shifts out of the first yeah. three. Those are the kind of things that I, I think ignite your top guys and are going, yeah. Like I, I always said, you lose, okay, but I better lose as one of your top players playing you know, the max amount of time that I can and given the best opportunity to succeed. I don't want to lose, and you're trying to shelter me from playing against a certain guy or a matchup, and that, I go, that starts to get in my head, and that starts to say you don't trust me. I think tonight's game is, Sheldon, don't overmatch the game. Get the matchup when you get an opportunity on an icing or a face-off that John has to put someone out there. You can make that decision there. But the messaging from the beginning from the top guys is, I'm playing you, and you go get us the game, and you go get us the start that we need to try to have success. We're talking to Craig Simpson, two-time Stanley Cup champion, and the key voice tonight in a critical Game 5 for Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, Simmer, 52 straight playoff games for Tampa <laughs> Bay without losing consecutive games. That's Clearly, a must <laughs> A must win tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs based on that. 
Yeah, and, and that's that's a that's a great point. I mean that that is uh, well, I think the next closest was 39 from Montreal Canadiens in 76 to 78. So you know, like that that's just an incredible run. That okay, you might say, oh, it's got to end sometime, but. You couple that with the 52 games, and then you couple that with Vasilevsky 16-0 and 0 after a loss for the last two years. You go, yeah, like, that's what I mean, Nick, in the room. Uh, you know, I'm not looking this at a, as a, oh, my God, there's so much pressure we got to win. You're going, you're just going, this has got to be our best game, guys. So let's go out and play our best. We've had some challenges this year that we've risen to. But, man, let's let's take this and just say don't leave anything out on the ice tonight uh, because you do know, like you never know, you might lose and you might come back to Tampa and win a big game, but that can't be on your mind at all. You, you got to look at the numbers. You got to look at the history of this team they're playing and just say, we got to just focus on one. Can't be thinking about winning the series or two. Let's just focus on tonight and everybody play their best. And you know what? If you end up losing it, playing your best, then maybe you've got some traction going in and, and trying to rebound and trying to break those streaks if you did. But the focus just has to be on playing your best tonight. Simmer, uh, last one from me. Uh, any thoughts on Jack Campbell coming off a of 5 nothing pulling in Game 4? Any concerns there with what you've seen from him? Well, you can't, can't be concerned. I think you go again and trust the uh, competitiveness of your player. And I, I think it was the right call. I thought it was a really good back and forth between Sheldon and his, and his goaltender. And it was a respectful one to at least explain. But I think it's the right call. Get him out. Get him refocused. Get him thinking. Get him a little bit of rest. But now it's in Jack's hand. And I, I think another thing you always hope is that the gravity of the situation for him is not to put too much pressure on you to just so I've done this how many times in my life where you had a bad game, you come back and you're in your rebound. And, you know, Jack's only had two times all season long. He's had one zero Oh two and one stretch and another Oh two and one stretch. Now he's only lost twice or in those cases, three times, two times all year too. So he's been a good bounce back goalie as well. And I think you just have to have faith in that and say, Jack, go out and play, and we'll play our best game in front of him. One of the few consistent things that we've gotten out of this game uh, or this series, Simmer, is that the, the team that scored first has won all four games. So does does that stay intact tonight? Yeah, I, I, it sure seems like it, doesn't it? I, as I said, I, I don't remember one that hasn't even had a lead change, you know. So that, after four games, is a real surprise. So... Again, when you're focusing on the details of your game, you, you know, unless you do give up the first goal, <laughs> you you got to rebound from it. But you've got to be of the mindset that we got to take control. A team that's taken control has controlled every game to this point. Uh, and I, I think the focus has to be to be at your best. I, I would expect this to be a, a pretty wild, frenetic start uh, because I think Kappa's in the same mental state as they were after losing uh, game three. You know, I think they're going to come with the same mindset as they did in game four that we got to have our best tonight, too. So that should should make for a heck of a good matchup. Simmer, we love your insight on our show, and we so appreciate your your time on uh, your busy schedule, and we look forward to uh, every, every word you <laughs> utter tonight <laughs> in this critical game five. Thanks for your time. Have fun on the call. All right. Enjoy the game, guys. Take care. Thanks so much, Simmer. 
You guys want to follow up on scoring first uh, from John Cooper? I believe we have that mm-hmm. clip. Yeah, I think that's a great call. Big, big moment. It'd be nice uh, to score first because <laughs> then you do that. You've hopefully taken the crowd out of it a, a bit and and making everybody nervous. You want to make people feel uncomfortable, play uncomfortable, and, and that's our job. Uh, it doesn't always work out that way. You know, as for the pressure, I I don't coach in Toronto, so I'm, I'm here a couple nights a week this week and in a few days not going to be back for a while. So I, I don't get to see what's going on here. Uh, but I do understand not meeting expectations, which um, we've done in the past. And and so uh, it can be tough. Um, but like I said, I, I can only speak for what we've gone through. And um, yeah, I can't say what goes on here. Sammy, is is the term uncomfortable the right mm. word if the Leafs go down one nothing? Yes. Pants yes, Cooper, yes. yes. I, I, <laughs> a tad uncomfortable. You know what's uncomfortable for me after a meal? I got to take, you know, my, I, I'm buttoning my pants. That's uncomfortable. This would be like, oh, Terrifying? no. Uh, the the world is crumbling. I that's tonight, coming tonight. The crowd tonight is going to be like we think about game one and game two, how just ramped up they were, juiced up. And of course, there's stakes in game one and game two of a Stanley Cup playoff game. Here, I'm not I'm not saying that there was no stakes, but the stakes tonight are much different. And I'm very interested to see how a a group of people that are going to be at the arena that knows all too well this team's history, if they get down a goal early, if, God forbid, they get down too early, how the crowd is going to react and how the players are going to react to that energy in the building. Because, listen, there's going to be some squeaky you-know-whats walking around that building tonight. And if they get down early, I could see it going not great. I really could. So it's going to be a different crowd tonight than it was the other two nights. They'll be into it. They'll be pumped. But I feel that the stakes are so much higher. They're going to be a lot more nervous tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do feel like Sheldon Keith almost has to prepare his team that it's not going to go like game one. It is not. There's going to be moments where the where they score. In all likelihood, there's going to be moments where the team may trail, mm-hmm. where the momentum's Tampa's way, where they're under duress, where they get a bad call. Like, there are going to be tough moments, and that is the challenge for this Leafs team, is to not play differently, because what Cooper's talking about when he says, I want to make them uncomfortable, is you want to make them squeeze the stick and rush plays and do things they wouldn't normally do when they're comfortable. How do you handle yourself when it gets uncomfortable? Because there will be those moments tonight. And it's almost sometimes when you listen to Cooper, it it's almost as if he's he's thinking that he's also talking to his twenty players, for right? sure, thousand percent. And the real message that I've gotten out of him today is like, okay, I'm I'm tired of waiting for us to play two game two good games in a row. Like that that's over now. We are we are coming out and we are playing two games in a row really well, starting puck drop. Mm-hmm. And we 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 don't expect them to follow the same trend here and drop off again, do we? No, I mean, 
it's it's funny how it goes. Like we talk about this team that doesn't lose two in a row. Well, if they want to continue going on like that, they're not going to win the series. They got to win two in a row at some point. So, you know, we talked about Sheldon not they leaning on his guys. To. They could win a game. <laughs> What's that? They don't have to win two in a row. They could win a game seven. They could win no, tonight. Tamp, lose game. Tamp, no, that, oh, that sorry, would be two Tamp. wins in a row. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, sorry. I was thinking Tamp, of the Leafs. My bad. Yeah, My Tampa's got to win two in a row. So at some point, I get, I get Cooper leaning on his guys a little bit and saying, "There, there's some expectations for for us." I, uh, I, I do think that first goal is big, but the Leafs have to be prepared if it doesn't come their way that you can't just fold tent. You know. Oh, no, they cannot. I'm nervous. All right. I got the scaries already, boys. I'm happiness <laughs> hey, hedging hey, tonight for hey, sure. We're, yeah. we're going to break. We'll calm you down. Thank you. During the break, okay? And we're going to get Eddie Olchuk to come on. He called uh, a game. Uh, he called game four. He had some choice words for Willie Nylander off that famous now dump in into the corner <laughs> and uh, we're going to play that after the break. And then we're going to get his thoughts on, on, uh, on what he would have done with Willie Nylander the rest of the game. Eddie Olchuk broadcaster for TNT, former Stanley cup champion in New York. After the break, you're watching or not watching. Unfortunately, COVID protocol has us remotely, uh, but you're listening on your Spotify channels, subscribe, make sure iTunes, Spotify, wherever we can get you, we'll take you. Real Kipper and Born, right back at you after the break. <laughs> 